And good evening, I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. Coming to you live from Townsend, Montana, and we're gonna be live in Vita, Oregon tonight too. Um, I'm really excited about this show. Uh, we got some great stuff for you. Our sponsor is Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, uh, where everyone matters, and, uh, and Albert Taylor, uh, another great organization in town. Their theme, their tagline is now mine, endless possibilities. Um, what they do is they help they don't take care of what they do is they make people who have different abilities, lives um, amazing. So people there, um, some people would call them a caregiver, but that's really not they are. They're really a partner. Um, and if you're looking to get a job that is actually um, rewarding, uh, you will be tired at the end of the day but you will learn so much about yourself by working with people with different abilities. And our other sponsors, Compton Family Wines out of Philomath, Oregon. Um, and if you guys go to their winery, it's right downtown, taste their wine and you'll love it. And tell them you saw it on Rick Dancer uh, right here. Um, you'll save $15 off your first two bottles or more of an order. Uh, so they do that for us. So our topic tonight, um, I'm gonna show you a little video a while back. I did a uh, video for the um, folks in the timber industry on, uh, it was a big thing on the, uh, the, the fires up in the McKinsey. And the two women um, you're gonna meet tonight and get to talk to, um, I'll just say, cause it's my show, they stood out to me. They're amazing. Um, I really like who they are and what they're about and that they're flexible and able to change their minds. And now they're educating people and it's just a great story. So I'm gonna show you a little video first and then we're gonna meet them because they're joining us live um, from Vida. So it's gonna be absolutely amazing. So first we start with the open, boom. It feels so powerful. And let me show you one, one of our sponsors here. Answer here. Before the fall rush sets in, now is the time to get in to see the dentist. Oregon's best dentist, and still my dentist, is Dr. Michael Bratlin at Chris Dental in Eugene. Dr. Bratlin and his staff are second to none. You have a tooth you need crowned? Give them a call and they'll get you in ASAP. Remember, at Chris Dental, everyone is welcome. Vaccinated or not. For the rest of our lives. Yeah. So maybe we can, that's our new um, end of life plan since the trees are gone. <laughs> Is it we'll just work to ourselves death. to death? Kate McMichaels and Teresa Hauser bought 39 acres of timberland as their spot to build their dream home and retire, managing a mature forest. The wildfires destroyed almost all their timber, but not their dream. It's just changed it a bit. I don't think we've met a single person in forestry and timber who doesn't love the forest. Yeah. And so has their perspective on what it means to manage a forest. Um, they're not out to you know, cut it down and create the Sahara of, out of Oregon. People are here to make our forests last. The house is under construction and what they call their tree babies are in the process of being planted. Retirement is now bigger than a place to live, much bigger. Oh, this is totally the solution. I mean, the car, the amount of carbon that keeps getting released because we don't do fuels mitigation. We don't allow for some of those fuel treatments to happen in forests. We don't allow thinning to happen. I mean, I think the people who care most about the carbon question and climate change are people who know and love and care for forests. Kate, Teresa, and many people in the industry 
understand the complexities of the issues, but for them, this is personal. What they do right now will determine the future of more than their forest, so much more. You know, the forest we fell in love with is gone, but the woodland we've come to know and that we feel responsible to and responsible for, it's still here and it needs us, mm -hmm. you know, and we need it. We can kind of heal from this trauma together. Um, and I can't wait, you know, for the you know next several decades to pass so that we actually can walk in can under canopy again. But, you know, we'll do our best by our little trees. So they join us, Kate and Teresa, how you doing? Okay. Wow, there's a lot less vegetation on that ground. <laughs> so how have things gone? Wow. Um, we were super lucky after the fire that we were able to get a salvage harvest of our oldest stand of trees. Um, and we were able to get little, little fur babies um, into the ground. And um, we had like 90% mortality on what got planted that first year. The, the spring drought and the heat dome. I mean, we, we were hand watering some of these little ones and it wasn't enough. We had, we had amazing, great looking seedlings, you know, all bushy and they turned orange overnight. Um, um, just couldn't do it. So, um, we got another planting, um, this year and we're not babying them as much and, you know, knock on wood, it seems there might be a little bit, well, <laughs> there might be better or what would be more expected survival versus mortality. Um, harder, than, harder than you thought. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you have a new respect for the forest industry? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, our whole lives now seem to be, oh, is it, what's the humidity level and how cool is it? Can we go out and do fuels, you know, keep doing vegetation management seems to be our life now. Yeah, because yeah. Um, there a lot of people go, oh, yeah, things are greening up. And they are, but a lot of that green is ragwort and it's blackberry and it's thistle and it's all this stuff you don't want at all and then some of the rest of it is grasses which if you weren't also trying to grow trees wouldn't be so bad but you know this isn't necessarily grassland it it's you know woodland and it the grasses just so compete with the trees it, so <laughs> go ahead well, let me take you back. So you guys are partners in life, you're partners in business, you're partners in your co-parenting trees. <laughs> <laughs> not well. Do not let yeah, authorities yeah. know. We're <laughs> not going to start a podcast on parenting trees. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> how, so how did this, this was your dream. You guys were from California and you yeah. came to Oregon. So kind of tell people a little bit about that. Well, of course, part of the irony was leaving California. I mean, I was a teacher, um, world religions and ethics, and um, you can't afford to retire in California if you're a teacher. And um, 
so we always had loved hanging out in the woods and um, hiking and backpacking and all of that sort of thing. I grew up in Idaho um, with trees, every, you know, conifers everywhere. I kind of love conifers. You'd always dreamed of running, running away, away to, to the conifers, running yeah. away to the Northwest. <laughs> and so, and then the fires in California, I mean, this was a few years ago, we're getting closer and closer and closer in terms of that six degrees of separation. And so we're like, okay, let's figure out, let's move further North. We'll hope there's more, you know, more rainfall, all of that. I mean, I hope we didn't bring the fire with us. I mean, I think the 2020 Labor Day fires were big enough that it was, you know, more than just us moving up here, but. Yeah, she, yeah. Um, we had done, we were doing traveling, you know, during her summer vacations and every place we'd go for our camping and our backpacking, it's like, well, could we live here? And I mean, we're also sensitive to the fact that as a lesbian couple, we need to, you know, be conscious of that as we look at where we might want to live. Um, and then a dear friend had a 50th birthday celebration up here, and we kind of piggybacked that with some other stuff. And we really liked Oregon. You had spent some time here when you were a kid because you had family here. Um you started looking at land sites because we knew we had spent a lot of real hardcore inner city time when, when we were, were in NorCal and we kind of wanted a little patch of land we could care for. And um, so she started looking at land. I guess the short version would be kept looking at it. This place kept showing up. She wasn't sure we, we were still years ahead of what we were thinking. And then finally one day I said, okay, so if you, if you log in tomorrow and it's gone, how will you feel? And bad. It's like, okay, so write, write the listing agent. And, and he was amazing. We had a slightly longer winter uh, Christmas break that year. And so lots of things happened. So suddenly, yeah, I wrote to, I wrote to Fred and he wrote back and answered every question. Fred and, Sperry, Northwest Forest Properties, big shout out. Yeah. Awesome um, guy. Um, yeah. You ask a lot of questions. He'll answer every single one of them. I mean, I look back now and we were so naive in all our <laughs> questions and it's like, he never once laughed at us. Never it, once said, you shouldn't be allowed wow. to buy a woodland property because you don't know what you're doing. You two are stepping over your bounds here. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, we didn't know anything about buying land out of state. And he walked us through the whole process. And I mean, he was amazing, actually, and started to show us what we were even looking at. We had never thought we would own a forest property. And then, you know, we get up here and go, okay. We've done enough education, whether it was my teaching in a high school or the two of us had done a lot of popular education around social justice things and, and faith and justice things. And, you know, we both know that just because you love something doesn't mean you know shit about it without <laughs> learning something. And right. so, you know, we got connected to the extension and started taking every class we possibly could. And, and you, you'd said when we had talked that like the timber people in the timber industry just helped you. So, I mean, really got your, they, yeah. they didn't treat you like you were idiots. And and they so could have, cause we were, were. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't know the first thing. I, I remember, and Lauren's not strict, Lauren Grand of the extension isn't strictly speaking timber industry, but, you know, she's in that broader field of forestry. Um, and so we had her up to kind of walk the land with us just to help us know what we were looking at. And um, she, she'd say something like, oh, that's a really good leader on, on the, that tree. And it's like, I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> what's, what's a leader? Um, and and <laughs> you were so stupid. Yeah. And, and she, she didn't laugh. She just, okay. So, and probably a good assessment for her. What are, what kind of level of knowledge are we talking about? It's like, okay, we're talking about no knowledge. So, so, so when you guys came up here, you told me when we were talking one time that you kind of had a whole misconception about the, the industry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were good, you know, Bay Area, California liberals, right? And kind of and backpackers and backpackers and assume, you know, wilderness is better. And if people don't touch it, it's better. And, you know, and that a clear cut is what and you only see what you're prepared to see. So until we learned actually that replanting happened and certainly in Oregon, it's the law. Um, I never noticed a tree growing in a, in a clear cut. You just assumed, yeah, you just assumed devastation had been left behind. And it's like, I remember the, one of the first trips we made back to California for something after we'd moved up here, moved up here and started taking classes. We were looking at this harvest area kind of changed our language to looked at this harvest area. And I'm like, Oh my God, look at those trees. Cause we could <laughs> suddenly, we saw seedlings yeah. because we knew to look for them. Yeah. Right. You, you really never see what you're not prepared to, what you don't know to look for. And one of the things that never, we had talked about this too, never gets talked about is this is a huge answer, not the answer, but a huge contributor to stopping global warming yeah. and climate change. Well, because trees don't lose their carbon when you cut them down. They may lose their carbon back into the atmosphere when they burn in a catastrophic fire. <laughs> but if you cut them down, they hold, they become little carbon hold, you know, carbon storage machines. I mean, our homes are, you know, holding on to carbon. Our furniture. Our furniture. I mean, most of us feel better living in wood, too, you yeah. know, in wood construction. It, it, they do studies of that, that it makes people more productive. It calms them down. It makes them feel more connected to the world that they live in. So, I mean, even that would be its own step toward a solution, well, not to mention holding on to that, you know, storing that carbon for the lifetime of a wood product. And the carbon that is used to make steel, which is your other option, right. is over the top in terms yeah. of that. But, but so how come, Teresa and Kate, this never gets discussed? It never comes into the to play when people are having this conversation. And if I bring it up, I mean, I, and I was watching John Stossel the other day, and he got flagged from Facebook because he had mentioned, just mentioned that. And he was fair. He was saying it's not the answer. He said, here's some other things. But mm -hmm. but it, it really is a narrative that people don't want. To me, it's like, I think you could get a lot of people planting trees and yeah. feeling good about living in a home with more wood products. Yeah. Um, oh, it's supporting you know what it does. Yeah. I mean, mass timber is another great one. So it, there are so many different pieces to a solution and cutting cutting back on using those very heavy in fossil fuel use kind of building materials. I mean, it could be a change. I mean, hard to know 
who doesn't want us having those conversations? I mean, it's not tree industry people. I mean, forestry people love having that conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. I mean, life is complex. And, and so it'd be easy to say, well, you know, what I can do to stop global warming is I'm not going to eat meat and I'm going to work on shutting down the beef industry. And okay, that's a perspective, but part, part of what happens is there's a lot that goes into it. And so like the beef industry where you're clearing rainforest, where there aren't environmental protections in say the Amazon and, and that gets converted from forest land to pasture land for beef, that might be, that might be more problematic. I don't want to say that because I don't know that much about it. I pretty much just said everything I know about that situation. So I'd want to know more. But I also think one of the reasons we don't talk about stuff is there's a level of complexity. We don't want to think. We want to be able to just go with our feelings. Um, and oh my God, what if what if what I think I know isn't what is real? Um, right. And it's hard. You know, learning new stuff is hard. It can be painful. It can be exhausting. It can be demanding. But I think all of us need to be able to find that little bit of humility in ourselves that, well, maybe I don't have all the answers and, and maybe there's, maybe there's some middle ground. Um, Yeah. I think it'd be awesome if we never cut a tree, but I like toilet paper Um, and books and books. And, and I don't think growing bamboo here would be the answer because that's you know, horribly invasive and, and not designed for here. But, you know, if I were, if I were a panda, that would be great. That's what they eat. So, okay. I'm gonna okay. Stop. Hold, that thought, hold that thought for just a second. I got a couple of commercials I want to run. Through. <laughs> you know, Noirs are best between six and eight years. They're kind of their prime. And this is our 2016 Llewellyn Pinot Noir. So in our tasting room, we, uh, we're on our 2016, which is kind of a treat to get to taste that old of a vintage. And this is our old vine collector series. And then we do have our garden series wines too. So two different price points. This is the higher tier. And this is the, um, I say an economical tier, but also just a lovely wine. And this is mainly that's out there nationally distributed is our garden series wines. So, you know, Simon Sinek is very popular these days with Y. Well, the Y and DD uh, not a lot of ambiguity there. Okay. You know, uh, I don't have to spend a lot of time explaining to new employees what we do and why we do it. It's very, very apparent, you know, versus, you know, you look at other things and, you know, you, you look at it and say, you know, kind of, what do we do? You know, why do we matter? Um, you know, why should I, why should I feel good about my, my job every day? And I think that that is something that we provide for people is that, that, that connection to a why, that what you're doing makes a difference to the individuals, to the larger community is very, very, very clear. And I, and I think, I think in this world with all the turmoil and everything that's going on, that sense of purpose and connection is very, very important. I think there's a lot of people out there looking for that. I have the best sponsors and the that was really cool. You yeah. know, 
It's and Compton wines. You you guys will love this. So I I have trouble saying this word because it's just a hard word. It's like Bureau of Land Management. Try that one three times fast. <laughs> um, the Comptons at their winery they do regenerative farming. Oh, yeah. So in the winter they bring the pigs and the goats and the sheep in, and they they you know poop and fertilize and do all the stuff they're supposed mm -hmm. to do, and and everything in the farm you know replenishes itself. So everything they're caring about that part of it, which is really what you got. And, and don't you think if the and I and I hope I'm not going to stick you in a box here, but don't you think in the environmental community would look and go try to instead of building these walls, help bring us in. Show us, I mean, you know, Mike, Mike Compton uh, Vineyard folks, they're, they're not, um, you know, I don't know where they are politically. I don't ask my clients where they are, but it's like, I think most people want to do good things and yeah. we want to do the right thing. But first we have to figure out what that right thing is. And don't tell me when I know that, that, you know, burning trees is bad with trees sitting on the ground, rotting also decomposes and puts more carbon in the air. So that would be fuel mitigation. We could go in and do some thinning like that. When you grow a garden, my tomatoes, I remember the first time a friend of mine, she had a tomato plant. It was huge. And I went, I said, and she goes, I'm not getting any tomatoes. And I said, we need to thin. Yeah. And she goes, well, what does that mean? I said, that means you turn your head because you're not, you're not going to like this. <laughs> and then just pluck, 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 pluck. Yeah. And she came back, she went, ah! and she looked. And guess what? Three weeks later, she had tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the thing that seems to make the most difference is when people actually have conversations. Because I think that's what's missing in some of these supposed dialogues that they're not. It's people doing monologues about what they think is right and not wanting to, even if they're trying to, supposedly in a room with somebody else, they're not actually listening, but getting people to come in. I mean, we love having um, like neighbor to neighbor tours. So small woodlands kind of tours and you get people out and whether it's like someplace small, like, you know, our 40 acres or I think the tree farmer of the year that stuff. Was amazing. Um, oh yeah. Cresswell family forest was astounding up near, um, up near Corvallis farm, you know, 1600 acres, much bigger kind of property. So whether it's that or um, actually even it's like starker forest or something, when people come onto a property and they actually walk it, talk to people who are doing the work on the land, discover how much they love the trees and the wildlife that's there and the habitat that's there and all of the things that they're doing. That's what changes people's perspectives because you're never gonna, you're not going to get it from sound bites. You're not going to get it, you know, even from good interviews that are done for the most part. It's like, it's actually, I think, putting your feet on the ground, right? You know, being able to, to touch a tree or see a tree or see invasive vegetation trying to choke out a tree and then find out why people are trying to get rid of that invasive vegetation because they love that little seedling. I mean, w small woodland owners are funny people. We like name the, <laughs> lots of those trees. You know, we talk to those trees. Um, we care about all of them. And I think that there's even an element of that as you move, you know, get bigger and bigger and bigger. People care about them. They care about the forest. Some well, of the people know them most. Sorry. I think people, it, it really, you're right. You're 100% right, I think. It's, it comes back to relationship. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. With, and, and you two were, you came in and you humbled yourself because you knew you didn't. <laughs> 
in your own words, I get to call my guests, you're idiots. And you didn't know anything. <laughs> so you came in and you, but you listened. And I think a lot of times what people do is they wait for this, they hear the sound, you know, the, the person talking, and then they're going, oh yeah, but they're just trying to make more money and blah, 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 blah. You know, and the reason uh, XYZ timber industry, you know, they say we planted this many more trees than we really had to. Oh yeah, well, they're just doing that for a PR stunt. It's like, no, they're trying to protect the creek that flows into your property and, mm -hmm. and you know, and goes through there. They're really doing this. And I think we all need to take a step. I, I think the big word, I, I'm reading this, you know, you and I, you, we talk, you and I talk. I, I'm reading this Jewish rabbi guy. And he says, the, 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 the fall of man and womankind is arrogance. Yeah. And, and with, when you let your ego get in the way, and this is, I think this is what's going on in our country right now. It's like, we have to start talking again because, and maybe like the powers that be, not, not the powers that be, but, um, you know, in my world, God, someone else's, it might be universe, whatever that would be for people. But maybe it's waiting and going, I'm going to let you get to the end of your rope. Yeah. And and then we're going to have to start working together again because, mm -hmm. you know. Back to that sort of in the Jewish tradition, you have tikkun olam to heal, repair and transform the world. And it's like that's seen in the tradition as that's the task of every Jew. You know, we're co we're co-workers with the divine to make right. those things to make that healing happen. Um, or that, that, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of looking around to see there are lots of places that can be healed, repaired and transformed. And it takes a lot of hands to do it. But you and know what? If you do it together, it's not going to get done. I just like you two, like who you are. I mean, I think <laughs> I, was gonna say. I am so, I am so glad that Oregon has you. You know, and here's, and I guess I could say, if, I mean, I could get myself in trouble, but that's just kind of what I do. But I, I don't think there's a lot of Californians that get welcomed to Oregon that much. <laughs> you know, you know, what we've learned here is we were told, and we do this. People say, "Where are you guys from?" And we say, "Well, not California." <laughs> and then, and then, Kate and Teresa, you can say anything except Washington, D.C. or something. You can say anything and you're okay. So then you go Oregon and they go, oh, because in their mind they're going, well, that's not as bad as California. <laughs> we were talking to someone at length. I don't know if we should mention her name or, or not. Anyhow, we're talking at some length and having a great conversation. And at some point she, she says, so how have you guys felt welcomed and received here? And we kind of look at each other. And our first thought was as Californians. And, and she meant as a couple. That hasn't really been an issue. Yeah. And we don't. We changed our license plates as soon as we could. But well, because we'd moved to Oregon to be to live in, in Oregon. Oregon. We, yeah. Not to recreate California yeah. ourselves. Yeah. I totally ex understand that because that's what we're doing here. So I, I, I came to assimilate. And you guys are a great example of that because you came in and you said, teach me, you yeah. know, if, if you want someone to fish, to eat fish, teach them how to fish. Okay. So you guys said, I want to grow timber, teach me how to do it. And I think it's your attitude that has made it really easy for you guys to, to probably, or easier than a lot of people coming in and stuff. But, um, and now, so you guys to, to real quick, just one more thing is, so you guys are now, I know Kate, you're involved with, now you're going out and working with the timber, like, um, programs to get 
trees plant. I mean, you're kind of in commissions or something. I mean, what? I'm uh, part of the committee for family forest lands, which so I'm represent. I'm the landowner at large. It's a committee that. Um, advice actually advice offers advice i guess in some ways as a sounding board for the board of for the board of forestry and the state forester so yeah i'm not quite sure how we're poster children we've decided for you know brand new landowners who lost their property in the fires um and so actually i do try to speak for folks who are new folks who are really small landowners um, and folks who lost their lost their trees because it's you know it's that's an ongoing trauma. I mean it doesn't go away. They're still gone every day. So you yeah. don't you don't kind of get over that in in a lot of ways. So. so you guys you guys really did find your dream. It's just different than what you thought. Yeah it's, yeah yeah. Dreams are sometimes like that, right? Yeah. Always like that for me. There was a quote um, that I'm going to butcher, but it was something like. Um, you know, sometimes we have to let go of the dreams we had of the life we were going to live to actually be able to live the life we have. Right. And, you know, we we had this, you know, brief time of thinking of this this paradise in this amazing forest. And well, it's it's different. And, and sometimes that, sometimes that's really excruciating. Um, but we, yeah, we have a different life and it's been good and there are good people in it with us. And there are baby trees that, you know, make it. And that's kind of cool watching them grow. I, I'm really excited at the thought that someday some of those trees will be taller than us. Yeah. So you guys go online and I don't know if you listen to country music at all, but Kathy and I were at a, a gym in another town where we were living in Livingston for a while there. And we were in the, she was on one side of the room doing the spin class. I'm on the other side. And this lady goes, we're going to do country today. The teacher, and she starts going in all of a she starts playing this song and she goes, Oh, this is Rick and Kathy's song. And we kind of looked at each other and it was Chris Stapleton's um, starting over. Oh, wow. nice. And it was like, so I'd never heard the song before. Kathy listens to more country than I do. And all of a sudden we're halfway through this class and the people in the class are there. And I'm looking over at my wife and we both just had tears running down our face. Well, now if we're having a, a shitty day and that song comes on and we just look at each other, we just start to cry. Cause it's like, um, it, it, cause it says in there, there's mountains to climb and you know, hard things that come in the way, but it's just, it's you and me. And we're starting over. We're kind of doing it again. And you guys did the same thing. And you're impacting Oregon and you're making, you're, you're giving voice to a topic that other people can't, can't give you. You were, I mean, you are like perfect examples of people who were born for a time just as this. And I think we need, I think we need you. Oh, um, thank you. you. That's in a sweet. big way. And I still have my belt and I still wear it and I get better comments here because it has little trees on it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Because in Montana, they go, yeah, we don't have the trees like that. And I'm going, yeah, that's, that's kind of true. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to do this with us. I really appreciate your coming on. Oh, it's always great to chat with you. Yeah, it's been really fun to have some time to chat with you, both uh, when we talked last week and today. It's like, it's, yeah, we've kind of... We really liked you when we met you too. So that yeah. was a, a great conversation. So I'm glad we can have more of them. Well, let's keep in touch. Okay. All right. I'll yeah. watch you. See you later. All, All right. right. Thanks. Bye guys. So how's that?
love those two. That's awesome. Um, yeah, just when people come in, I, you know, I hadn't even thought of it from that perspective either because my wife and I are doing the same thing that they're doing, uh, just different. Um, but we're all starting over. And, you know, and I think we each get that opportunity every day um, to start over. You don't have to move out of state. You don't have to move into a new industry. Although I will tell you this, I will say this, um, not trying to chase any of you out of Oregon or California or anywhere, but when you make a move that drastic, um, it really puts everything on, on the line. And, and I think sometimes that's really good to have your life put on the line because it shows you what you're made of. Um, it shows you um, how powerful you are as a couple. Um, and it, I think it shows your family um, that you got one giant set of balls. <laughs> so life is about balance. And back when I found out I had prostate cancer back in 2010, I did this video and I found it today and I just think it's really super appropriate for the moment. So I'm just going to play this for you. And what I'm going to have you do is move in just a little closer, just so I can hear it better. Okay. Thanks, Michael, for your time. Ready? Well, sure. So start up to you on the upper body. Okay. Okay, ready? Do you want me to go above your head when you lift the weights over your head, too? Yeah, yeah. You can move back a little if you want. Follow the dumbbells up? Yeah, follow these up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready? And when do you want me to go down? When I, when I do one, two. I'll go, go down, down to the ball. Stay down there. Okay. What I'm finding in my life is that balance is everything. And in order to balance, you have to have a focus. I don't have to know where I'm going, but I have to have a focus that I can keep my eyes on or else I'm going to fall. And well-meaning people and not so well-meaning people will come along and try to distract you. And the key is you've got to keep that focus right in front of you. You can't look too far back, you can't look too far forward, and you can't look side to side. You keep that focus right there. And what I'm discovering is if I keep that focus and keep my balance, that I can lift amazing amounts of weight and carry a bigger burden on my shoulders than I ever dreamed possible. That's called balance. And if you if if you look straight forward at where you're going and you keep your focus on that and don't let people take you right or left or and never let them take you back. You can remember what happened in the past, but never go back. Um, you will find amazing things. I have one more video I was gonna air tonight, but this is the perfect place to close. If I can say what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to do shows like this. And you're going to see a lot more stuff like this. We have some amazing stuff coming up this week. Um, and uh, because you know what I honestly believe from my rabbi, there is an evil inclination out trying to rob us of our life. And you know how you get rid of the evil inclination? Good. You do good. Good tromples evil every time. So you can join arms with evil or you can just start talking about the good.
And evil does not like good. So evil has to run away when the good prevails. And there's a lot of prevailing good going on. We're just going to have to look a little harder for it. And that's what I intend to do. I want to thank our sponsors, Compton Family Wines. Um, we couldn't do this without them. All of our sponsors do this because they like what we do. Um, you know, it's not it's not for everybody, um, but it's for them. Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. And Albert Taylor, Endless Possibilities. Have a good night. Share this on your page so other people see it, please. Um, this is the stuff they need to see. Not all that other bullshit.